I'm trying to read the 92. So I've spoken to fans and critics and writers who are fans of over 70 English clubs. I also speak to Scottish fans too and journalists who come from Scotland. And John Bleasdale today has written a book called Scotland's Swedish Adventure about Euro 92. He also competed on Aberdeen's behalf in the quiz that I run for Bohemian brands, Vod Can I Kick It, the quiz John Bleasdale, Aberdeen fan, that is even better than its name, Vod Can I Kick It. Because contestants do, as I've said, get a drink courtesy of Bohemian brands and you will get yours. We have one but one Aberdeen club crested drink. Are you a drinker? Occasionally. Depends on the, what the occasion is, Johnny. I've not had vodka for a while, but I'm happy to accept this one. Of course, well, of course, because your drink up in the northeast is it? Is it whiskey in Aberdeenshire? Well, confession, Johnny, I don't actually um, come from the northeast. I'm actually Central Belt near Glasgow. I'm actually one of the few who don't support Celtic and Rangers that's from the Central Belt. I'm opposite to what a lot of people in the country do. Um, but... It's yeah, I would I would say it's a variety of whiskies mainly or tenants um, is what yes. a lot of people t- um, tend to drink. But me, I like a um, I like a Peroni when I'm out in the night out, and um, I like a Jack Daniels. So I do like my, my whiskey, but not the natural brand, shall we say? I recommend the Scotch whiskey experience. I lived in Edinburgh for five years, and so I never did any of the tourist stuff, even though I lived on the basically on the mile for the first year. And it is brilliant. There's a reason it's five star. You get to take home a little glass, and you have your dram, and you see the great collection of whiskeys. That's tremendous. I'd love to maybe do it. I just wish I liked whiskey. Um, the only good pint of tenants that I can say I've had was when I did the tenants tour. That was a good experience. So oh, if you're up in Glasgow yeah. in the same journey, I would recommend that. John Bleasdale, you are representing Aberdeen. You get the bottom shelf of questions. Rocco Dean scored seven points representing Leeds United. You are a fellow author on pitch, but we'll get to that maybe in about two minutes' time. Are you ready to kick it? Go for it. Yes, let's kick it. Manchester City play Newcastle United this weekend. Insert joke here. Who managed both of those clubs in the Premier League era? Those clubs in the Premier League era. Oh, Kevin Keegan. Yeah, Kevin Keegan. Absolutely right. Um, And it's another anniversary of the Love It, Love It very recently. Um, Keegan um, was taken off the golf course by Fulham and Fulham leapt two leagues with them and Man- Newcastle are hoping to follow Manchester City in what Mohamed Al-Fayed did for Fulham although we always forget Mohamed Al-Fayed um, but yes a point there three years ago tomorrow as this goes out Liverpool came back from 3-0 down in the first leg of the Champions League semi-final to advance to the final which Barcelona player missed a golden chance to make it 4-0 to Barca in the first leg I'm going to take a guess here. Was it Messi? No, it was not. It was Usman Dembele, who could have scored that late goal, missed it, and Suarez got angry because he knew that 4-0 was probably safe, 3-0 was not. And we all know what happened on May 7th, 2019. A much better game than the final. But no, not Messi. Uh, Usman Dembele. Question three. Which club won the FA Youth Cup in both 1960 and 1961 with a team which contained several future full England internationals? West Ham. 
No, close. West Ham did have a very good youth policy at the time. But 60 and 61 with Bonetti and Greaves and Tambling, it was Chelsea. And you can learn about them in a book, which is out on May the 16th that I've written, but I'm not here to plug it. I merely mention in passing... (laughs) Uh, who played for Santos in the 2011 Club World Cup final against the side who went on to sign him? Would that have been Neymar? Very good. Neymar Jr. Good quizzing. Yes. Barcelona liked him so much they bought him, uh, which means Neymar has been in Europe for 10 years. Um, human billboard, Neymar. He is the absolute <laughs> modern footballer. I would argue that we're in the postmodern era in that players are having a social conscience now rather than being Neymar, who is, as someone pointed out, who was it? Someone wrote in a book, Neymar is 29. Yeah. You forget that. He's been around a wee while. Extraordinary. Um, and I believe there was a start during the World Cup that he spent 90 minutes on the floor. At least 90-plus stoppage time for those stoppages. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a shame that the two World Cups that he's taken part in, one he was injured and one he cried off. So... Who knows what will happen in Qatar? If my gay friend Gordon wanted to follow England or Scotland at the World Cup, would you suggest it's a good idea for him to go to Doha? Well, I, I would, I would um, advise him not to travel, to be perfectly honest, given their um, ridiculous laws out there. So I think he's better staying in the pubs in England or Scotland. But Scotland haven't made the World Cup since 1998 when they came home too soon, despite what Delamitri said. Yeah, that's the song we want to confine to win, but hopefully we'll be there this time. But we still have two very um, potential two hard games. You know, we've got to come through one hard one in Ukraine, and if we do, then obviously we've got Wales who are going to be very tough. So yeah, yeah, two massive games potentially. Hopefully, and as we'll talk about when we talk about your book, which is Scotland's Swedish adventure, because we're celebrating thirty years since Scotland were one of the eight teams to qualify for Euro 92, which still is a mind-blowing stat. You're involved in the famous Tartan Army magazine. It is the best national team to support in the world, even without the Jimmy hats. Uh, when was your first Scotland game? I actually know about it in a bit, believe it or not. Um, it was Scotland versus San Marino, um, November 1991. Uh, we had to win to give ourselves a great chance of, uh, to keep ourselves in the hunt for qualification, which we ultimately did. We won the game 4-0, Goals from Paul McStay, Richard Goff, Gordon Jury, and Ali McCoy. Possibly should have went more. When I did my research in the book, actually, um, it's interesting that at 3 0 at half time, Andy Roxburgh took off two defenders and put two forwards on him, Mo Johnson and Kevin Gallagher, to try and get more goals, but we only got one more. So San Marino obviously defended well enough, second half. 11 behind the ball. I've seen a San Marino team play football, and it's, it's sad. They play 5 4 1, and the one up front has the most thankless task in the world. And that is why I think, and I I talked about this with Paul Watson, the writer of Up Pompeii in the Football Library, why can't we have a crap team World Cup? That would be amazing. (laughs) Have the the best of the worst nations. I think that would be brilliant. Could you imagine like San Marino versus um, American Samoa, the team that Australia pumped 32-0? That would be amazing just for... Comedy value as much as anything. I only... think it would be great for these teams as well. Yeah, absolutely. The only bad thing is air travel and uh, what if there's a global pandemic again. But <sighs> hey, there's 32 teams coming from various parts of the world to Qatar this winter. But enough of international football. That'll be for a later date. Aberdeen. Are there many dons in the Tartan army? 
There's lots of, yeah, there's lots of Dons in the Tatton Army. There's um, lots of people from Inverness. There's lots of um, Celtic and Rangers fans. Um, you've got you've got fans of pretty much every club um, in there. But yeah, um, Aberdeen fans are certainly well represented in the Tatton Army, definitely. Do you, do you know when you watch an England game, you have people with flags saying like Blackpool, Oldham, Grimsby, um, Swindon. Is there a Scottish equivalent? I suppose you can't put it on a the back of a blue saltire. You, you get a few, like, you get like Lark Hall, Tartan Army written on flags and uh, Cumbernauld, Tartan Army. Um, that was one I used to be part of when I lived out there. Um, and you get Glen North. So I think um, there's an unofficial MC, um, leave your club colours at home. Um, and I think the majority of fans um, tend to do that. You know, when you go to, when you go to Hamden, everyone pretty much is um, in their Scotland kit, whichever Scotland kit that may be. You very, very rarely see someone with a club colour top on, and I think that's, that's the way it should be, because, um, you know, the international, Scotland games are about the national team. Put your club politics aside, and I'm sure it's the same down with England as well, to be fair. Yes, you, you rarely see club colours, it's the three lines, and we're actually talking on a day when one national newspaper, you can guess which one... <laughs> Has led with. I don't know if it was the Scottish. I don't know if the Scottish Sun led with it today. I imagine no. But the English Sun, south of Hadrian's Wall, went with. Now they're coming. The woke mob are taking three lines. For God's sake, it's a song. Let us have the song. Let's get back to talk because they can't talk about politics today during the elections. So they have to pick the most egregious topic. Um, I, I read with interest that Alistair Campbell wants at the Scotland Ukraine game the piper to pipe the Ukrainian anthem as well. That would be nice if that, they could do that. Um, you know, obviously I feel for what's going on in the Ukraine just now, um, but at the same time when it comes to the actual game, it's a sport. And I'm sure Ukraine would them feel the same. You know, when people are saying, oh, Ukraine should get a buy-in and all, et cetera, they were the ones that came and said, no, we want to play the game, we want to do it on the pitch, we don't want giving favours. I just hope, I'm sure Steve Clark will drum this to the team, show them respect, Absolutely show them respect, show them sympathy. But on that pitch, it's 90 minutes. There's a World Cup place at stake or um, potential World Cup place at stake because Wales are next up. Yeah, if, um, if, just Scot- win. if Scotland do beat Ukraine, it'll be Stevie Clark's Scotland against Bobby Page's Wales. Those are two tough centre-backs from the era when you could tackle. So they should be quite awesome games. And the prize is England, USA, Iran. A really good incentive. I mean, what? I mean, we talk about Scotland not qualifying since uh, nineteen ninety-eight for the World Cup. Um, Twenty-four years. Wales have gone even longer. Um, what is it? Sixty odd years since they last qualified for the years, World Cup. Yeah, yeah it's. Um, I mean, and Scotland have beaten them a couple of times to. to they they beat them at Anfield to qualify for seventy-eight. They got a draw against them in eighty-five, which. Um, Led to play for qualification for '86. That was the game where Jock Steen sadly died as well, oh, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. So they'll um, they'll be motivated to avenge those. But we like to remind them that Wales got a bit of up when they played Scotland in 2012 because Scotland had a goal that was um, wrongly disallowed because they thought the ball was out when someone crossed the ball for Stephen Fletcher, but it actually wasn't. And then Gareth Bale died for a penalty, and then Wales won the game 2-1. He did score a great goal, to be fair. So. And they've beaten us in a couple of friendlies over the years as well. So I think both both sides have um, enough motivation. Obviously, World Cup and place um, in the state, but we're, we cannot discount the fact that we haven't got the game against Wales yet. 
we've got Ukraine to get out of the way first and that's going to be, despite what they're going through, it's going to be tough. And just remind us, the first game against Ukraine is June... June the 1st. One. June the 1st at Hamden, yeah. And then the Wales game is... It's Sunday the 5th of June um, in Cardiff, 5 o'clock kick-off. I hope, well, that's... Oh, God, trains will be a nightmare, roads will be a nightmare because it's the bank holiday weekend, so... Good luck if you're going with the Tartan Army. There'll be more Tartan talk uh, in the football library when we talk about Scotland's Swedish adventure. But back to the quiz. By the way, it was one. You know the rules: one point for each of the first four and last three questions, three points for your specialist questions, and you scored two in that first round. John Bleasdale. Here is the first bonus question: three points if you know this. The Dons' last league win came in 1985. Who finished top scorer for the Dons? Frank McDougall. Frank McDougall. Why did he have to retire? And were were you conscious that he did retire? Were you old enough? <laughs> no, I didn't um, start following Aberdeen until I was eight. Um, so I was only about four then. So I probably would be more... Um, into playing Thomas the Tank Engine and seeing Aberdeen on TV to be, or notice any football to be honest but um, as far as I know it was a very, very serious knee injury it, had, it was in the 85-86 season the following yeah. season that he had to retire and he had a back problem spondylitis which was also not yeah, far was well, back in the uh-huh. yeah yeah three points there unsurprisingly Aberdeen last won the Scottish Cup in 1990 in a side which had two Dutchmen now I asked Rocco uh, to name two for three points, and if he named one, he got a point. Can you name both the Dutchmen in that Scottish Cup side for three points? Uh, absolutely. Uh, Theo, that was my first Scottish Cup final that I watched. Um, so Theo Stelders um, saved the pair from Anton Rogans. That's the um, the goalkeeper. And Hans Hillhouse, um, an amazing start about Hans Hillhouse. Aberdeen bottom for 600,000 from PSV Eindhoven a year and a half after PSV Eindhoven won the European Cup. That's the equivalent of Aberdeen bringing in someone from, you know, Chelsea nowadays, for example. Um, it's just never going to happen. Different times. It is completely different. Obviously, they saved a bit of money because they got Alex Ferguson off the wage bill in 1986 so they could afford to pay the players more. And an amazing stat as well, both Schnelders and Gilhaus played for Holland in the World Cups. They were in the squads. Uh, one was 1990, one was 1994. And current player, Vicente, I'm going to guess, Bezuyen. Bezuyen, yeah. Bezuyen, thank you. Carries on the tradition of Dutchman playing in Aberdeen. Yeah, he's an exciting talent. Um, these better players around him, but Jim Goodman will hopefully sort that for next season. Yes, this is your newish manager who excites me a lot. I think he'll, he'll I don't know which job is bigger than Aberdeen that is gettable, um, but... Hibs, Sean, if Sean Maloney suffers at Hibs, um, there's really some quite difficult times for the the non-Glaswegian pair of Scottish football clubs. But we'll discuss that after question three for the full house here. This season's big signing for Aberdeen was Christian Ramirez, an American international who started his MLS career. Now, this is MLS career in professional, not amateur or college clubs. So which club did he start his MLS career in? No, we got him from Atlanta. Um, I, th- I thought he said a specialist, John. They asked me a question about uh, someone from um, America. Um, right, I'm going to take a guess. Um, I'm, going to, I'm going to take a guess at LA Galaxy, but I truthfully don't know. Well, 
LA is, is a smart guess. You see, Christian Ramirez is winning hearts in the Northeast, uh, having signed from Atlanta United. He was at LAFC under the management of Bob Bradley, but LAFC signed him from Minnesota United, Minnesota, Fargo country. So okay. now you know. And this guy, Ramirez, when's he going to leave Aberdeen? Is it this summer, next summer, which summer? I think it's more likely going to be this summer. Um, he's wanting to go back to his homeland and with his family. And can't blame him if that's what he really wants at the end of the day, but um, we, shall, uh, we shall wait and see. His goals have been vital in keeping us above water um, early in the season, but I think since um, the man who brought him over lost his job, um, he's not been the same. Yes, uh, and that's why Aberdeen are currently playing in the bottom of the split, but you don't want to be reminded of that. You want to be sent some club-branded Aberdeen distilled vodka, which is coming to you in the central belt of Scotland. Uh, so you must have made the pilgrimage up to Dens Park quite a bit. Not Dens Park, Pataudry. Yeah, Pataudry, yeah. I was I was actually a season tech holder for a couple of seasons back in the... Um... 2007-8 and then the following season under Jimmy Caldwell both seasons um, that first season was particularly memorable because we were in the UEFA Cup this we were in the group stages where we had Panathinaikos uh, Atletico Madrid when they had a young Sergio Aguero on the team um, Copenhagen and Lokomotiv Moscow and it brought about my favourite ever um Petodre night because Aberdeen played Copenhagen they had to win to get through to the, um, the last 32 and we smashed them 4-0. It was 0-0 at half-time. Then Jamie Smith scores an absolute peach of a goal a minute in the second half. Um, and we just never saw 4-0 coming at half-time. But what a night that was. And then we got by Munich in the next round and drew 2-2 with them at Petardry. And we're unlucky not to win that game, actually. A Bayern-Munich-Aberdeen tie. Not the first time that happened. Johan Cruyff was full of praise for an Alex Ferguson side, which won the Cup. I can never remember if it's Cup winners or UEFA. It's Cup winners, yep. isn't it? Cup Winners Cup, yeah. And yeah was that this... was the other main trophy then. Which was the game that Alex Ferguson said only McLeish played well? It was the Scottish Cup final yeah. that same year, 83. Um, they said only McLeish and Miller, uh, Willie Miller won the Cup for Aberdeen that, that day. I think he instantly regretted it, to be fair. Um, it was just because the standards that he'd set and Aberdeen didn't play well at all. They laboured to win over a Rangers side who were not great at that point. I think he oversaw, um, oversaw the fact that Aberdeen had played over 60 games that season. They were in a battle to win the league that went to the final day. They won the Cup Winners' Cup, as you know, um, beating Real Madrid then extra time and then beat Rangers to win the Cup. So I think um, he forgot about all that in that moment and uh, he did did regret and did say sorry that night. And the rest is several books that are in the football library, uh, which we will... Uh, we'll move there uh, after sitting in what I call the Andy Holt Lounge, named after the Accrington chairman, because we must finish this quiz. Six points from the second specialist round to take you to eight. Uh, here are three questions, uh, which are each worth a point. Businessman Stephen Lansdowne is the owner of which aspirational English championship club? <sighs> See, I don't pay much attention to who the um, owners are of each um League, to be perfectly honest, <laughs> with each team. I nearly said not in the forest, but they're another foreign-based club. I know there's an American that owns Swansea, but I don't think it's them. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a stab in the dark and say Bristol City. That is a brilliant guess, because it's correct. Wow! <laughs> yeah, based in Bristol. 
from Hargreaves Lansdowne, which is a big uh, investment company and invested in the stadium and Bristol City keep wanting to get up. Maybe next year is their year. But yes, Stephen Lansdowne, it's his money and that is a fantastic guess. I want you to tell me whom Roberto Mancini is answering questions about here. Next question, please. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I hope, I hope. No, no, he he went with the under-21 because he needed a game. Because after 40 days without a game, he needed to play one game. Without a game for 40 days, Roberto Mancini talking about whom? I nearly said Tevez, but that was a good bit longer. That's a really tough one, Johnny. You're really doing well with these. The answer will become apparent, but... I had to I had to edit that quite severely. Yeah. Was this from his city days that we're talking? Well he's answering right, okay. in English. Right, yeah, that's a good help. Oh, I'm gonna uh, so talking about when they won the league over that year probably. Um and it would have been someone that would have come in from a serious injury but thrown straight in because they were going for title at the time. But right, I'm gonna take an R stab. I don't know if this is gonna be right. I'm gonna I'm gonna say James Milner. Ooh, yeah, smart guess. Who played the pass to Sergio Aguero for the goal that won them the oh, title? Balotelli. Balotelli. Why always him? And in fact, if you go to the BBC World Service, you can hear Micah Richards on one of his rare appearances in the media. He's a bit of a, a gadfly. He never really shows up uh, commenting on football, Micah Richards, apart from every day... He, is, he gets what well, I don't know if this has reached north of the border, but Micah Richards is the most in-demand pundit. I'm not surprised. I like him. I, I like him. I think he's bringing some fresh, and um, you know, he likes to wind Roy Keane. I think yeah. he's probably the only one that can get away with winding up Roy Keane. To be perfectly honest, no, I like him. I think he's got good insight into the game. He's one of the better ones just now. Let's put it that way. Oh, he's no Pat Nevin. Pat Nevin's great. His book, The Accidental Footballer, oh, no. comes out in paperback soon, and. Elton John once bought 20 copies of an album, just gave them all to his friends. I want to do that with Pat Nevin's book because it's just sensational. Just such a it's good a great book. book. Oh, he's, and he's a lovely man as well from what I hear. Um, hasn't been in the football library yet, but he did appear on a show called The Football Book Club. And he was very good on it. Also, um, in a conversation with Nutmeg magazine, you must read Nutmeg. Everyone up there reads Nutmeg. I don't, know, I don't read a lot of... Um... That, that many magazines, I must say, and that's terrible because um, I write for one <laughs> magazine. And but I do plug that. It's it's just fine to time because I've got two kids as well. You got to remember, Johnny. Um, but I I did read Pat's book and I spoke to Pat for um, Scotland Swedish Adventure as well as you know. And um, yeah, he was just absolutely brilliant with his time with me and very supportive. And if I message him again, I will make a recommendation to go on your channel. Ah, oh, thank you so much. Bless you. And uh, we can have him in as a former Celtic player. We also have Hearts, Hibs, Glasgow Rangers. Play for Celtic. Well, he played for Celtic Boys Club. He didn't play for the main Celtic team. He was let go as a boy. He played for Clyde. They went to Chelsea, Everton, Tranmere, and then ended up with um, Kilmarnock and Motherwell as player chief executive. Um, yes. Which he, he didn't put in the first book. But yes, he, he came through at Celtic, um, Celtic Boys Club. So... If you are a fan, and you will know fans in your work through the Scottish Football Forums podcast, uh, which has been going, we'll talk about that in the Football Library, but it's been going forever. So I'm sure you've spoken to most Celtic Rangers, Hearts, Hibs and Aberdeen fans in the past, but all of those 
fans of those teams can get drinks from bohemianbrands.co.uk. This is Vodka I Kick It, the quiz that's even better than its name. And you did not get point for question nine. Question ten, you might well get in May 2014. Who made his last appearance in a 23-year one-club career when he brought himself onto the pitch in his role as player-manager? 2014. That stumped me that one as well. They've obviously been an end-of-season game as well. I'm just trying to... Yeah, end, of, end of that particular season, 2013-14, people are screaming it at the radio on their probably on, <laughs> on their jogs, on their walks. Yeah, I'm probably going to be I'm having uh, people look at my image and when they throw stuff at me now, it's like, oh, why can't I get this? Oh my goodness me! Oh, this is so bad. Um, no, you have to tell me, Johnny. I was actually in Scotland when the story broke about something oh, pertinent to him. Ryan Giggs is the answer. Oh. Ryan Giggs, player manager, he brought himself on. Yeah, see, that that tricks me because he was a caretaker. But yeah. I get where you're coming from, yeah. If I said caretaker, it would have been too easy. Yeah, no, well played, Johnny. So, well played. so... By no means a poor performance, representing Aberdeen, nine points, John Bleasdale. 13 tops the leaderboard uh, at the moment for Ewan Wilson, a fan of Hibs, whom I think you pointed me towards. Um, I can't remember. You certainly, you certainly pointed me, cause that's, uh, because you're a kind of node. Everyone in the Tartan Army and the Scottish football media will know who you are, and I must at this point recommend a four-part, although only three have gone up as this goes out, series on Euro 92, Scotland's Swedish adventure. But you talk to representatives from all eight teams, including Brian Roy of the Netherlands and Alan Smith of England. You also, for Scotland, chatted to Hugh MacDonald, and you're also talking to him to launch your book at the Scottish Football Museum on May the 30th. Tickets are free, the books are not, but you'll get them signed. Thank you very much, Johnny. It's, um, it was just um, an idea that came to me last year. Um, I'd read someone else's, but it was a, a man called Neil Doherty who wrote a book about Scotland at um, France 98. It was a good book. Um, and I discovered it was a self-publishing, and I thought to myself, I could probably do something similar. And United took it in my head, because I think it's an underappreciated tournament, as you've probably heard from the uh, discussions that I've been having with, with people. I got in touch with Pitch, and they liked my idea, and Seven months later, it was written, which is quite an achievement given that I have a full-time job and two kids. Um, yeah, and then four months after it was um, written, it's going to be the launch, so really exciting times. 